0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: And we're glad that you've joined us for this edition of News in Focus. We're going to get an important update on the status of Ohio's heartbeat law. As many of you probably realize by now, that a common pleas court in Cincinnati, Ohio, that's Hamilton County, has actually made a decision against Ohio's heartbeat law and put it on a 14-day stay. So uh, during these days, uh, over a week now or so, uh, the law has been suspended uh, by this common court in Hamilton County. For many of us who have been in the pro-life movement a long time, this is very strange to us, because for 49 years, uh, the issue of abortion always had to work its way through the federal courts. But after the Dobbs decision, it really changed everything. Now it goes back to the states, and states like Ohio that had restrictions on abortion when a heartbeat is detected, uh, for years we called it the heartbeat bill that was working its way through the Ohio General Assembly, finally was passed and was signed into law by Governor DeWine. And then once the Dobbs decision came down, State Attorney General Dave Yost uh, filed a motion uh, in federal court because there was a stay or an injunction, rather, on the law, and then it went into enforcement in Ohio. Uh, Really to the thrill of many of us who are pro-lifers, because it basically shut down operations, at most of the abortion clinics around the state. They actually had to uh, turn clients away. And We have some great testimonies as well as uh, the lives that already Ohio's heartbeat law was saving over these last three months. Well, the political left, Planned Parenthood, and these abortion uh, clinics like preterm in Cleveland have uh, moved legally in the county courts, courts of common pleas to get to the state Supreme Court to try to get a favorable decision. Well, I, like you, am pretty much a layman when it comes to these things. That's why I've invited my good friend Mike Gonadakis, who is the president of Ohio Right to Life, to come on today, who is also an attorney and has followed this throughout and is going to explain to us exactly where we are in the process. Mike,
2: welcome to the program. Chris, thank you so much for having me. I believe it's the first time I've been on, and I'll tell you, it's an honor and blessing to be here. You've um, trailblazed this state and been a leader in the social conservative and Christian movement here in Ohio, and I know I've seen you spend days, weeks, months, and years at the State House advocating for life, our values, and freedom, and uh, it's just a blessing to be here, and I thank you for all that you've done and continue to do.
1: Mike, thank you. Those are very kind words. I appreciate that, and it's always uh, been my privilege to partner with Ohio Right to Life, and you guys really have led the way on a lot of pro life legislation. In fact, you and I were talking the other day how our former governor, Governor John Kasich, where well, we didn't agree with him on everything, he did mm-hmm. sign a lot of pro life legislation into law. One of those pieces of legislation was the 20 week abortion ban, which is actually an enforcement right now. It's kind of the safety net as it were, because of Ohio's heartbeat law has been suspended by this common court of pleas, but the 20-week uh, law uh, stands, and that's uh, pretty much the, the, line, the line we're holding right now during this, uh, basically, this no-man's-land type of legal maneuvering on both sides. Take, take us through that a little bit.
2: Sure, you know, and you're absolutely correct, uh, Chris, in your analysis there. Currently, uh, while we do have the heartbeat law a local judge down in Cincinnati has invented, uh, for some reason, uh, which should come as no surprise to anyone on your listening to your program. Um, that there may be a state constitutional right to an abortion. Now, you and I both know, and all your listeners both know, because we've all read the state constitution, nowhere in there is there a right to an abortion. Nowhere was there in the federal United States Constitution either. Um, it's unfortunate uh, that the cases before this local judge in Cincinnati, because they forum shopped, who's they? Planned Parenthood, ACLU. They went and found the most sympathetic court to them. There's 88 counties, and they conveniently file all their stuff now down in Hamilton County, where the judges down there. Um, object to those values for which we hold dearly in the pro life movement. But here's the, here's the thing, Chris. When the Dobbs decision came down on June 24th, 2022, you know, the Supreme Court didn't say abortion was legal or illegal. They just said it's nowhere in the United States Constitution. The issue of abortion should be settled at each state's legislative body and then enforced through the executive branch. What what has happened here today is is a complete prostitution of that this United States Supreme Court decision because what a local judge in Cincinnati said is well I don't care what the Dobbs decision said I'm going to I'm going to pretend I'm the Supreme Court and I'm going to put a stay on the heartbeat bill now he didn't rule the heartbeat bill to be unconstitutional he has not ruled yet that there is a state constitutional right to an abortion but what he has done is as you said earlier just to reiterate there is a, a short term stay on the law so it can't be enforced right now. We're going to live under the uh, the pain capable twenty week ban right now until the parties. In this case, the state of Ohio, our great AG Yost is defending the law, and Planned Parenthood are going to debate this issue in front of the judge. And just this afternoon today, some breaking news: he extended that stay until October seventh, when the court hearing actually takes place. Um, so it's a little bit longer than four. It's going to be a little bit longer than fourteen days, but. Rest assured, my friend, and to all your listeners out there, this is just a moment in time, because on June 24th, not only did the Dobbs decision come out, but a federal court judge down in Cincinnati, who has always ruled against us down there, uh, Judge Barrett, federal court judge, that is, uh, lifted the stay um, on our heartbeat law so it could go into effect. So we had the United States Supreme Court. A federal district court judge and um, rule one way, and now we have this local judge uh, about or on the precipice of ruling another way. It's unfounded, and we will ultimately prevail. I stress to your listeners, look, we want to end abortion yesterday. Uh, Don't get me wrong, but while we are maneuvering through this process, this will ultimately get to the Ohio Supreme Court. And I firmly believe the Ohio Supreme Court will rule at some point in the near future. I'm not talking years from now, but months from now at most that there is no constitutional right to uh, an abortion in the Ohio Constitution. We just need to get through this season in time. Well,
1: that's right. We're talking with Mike Onodakis. He is the president of Ohio Right to Life. Mike, as we think about the election upcoming on November 8th, it's critical that people get out and vote for pro-life justices. This is so important. And we think about Justices DeWine, Justice Fisher, and Justice Kennedy, who are Republicans, all pro-life, are uh, up for election on November 8th. Now, for the first time, uh, the Ohio Christian Alliance will be putting in the voter guide uh, the party affiliation, because that was the law that passed by the Ohio General Assembly. At least we can indicate which ones are Democrats and which ones are Republicans. And as a two-party system right now, you know, it it is really difficult to find a pro-life Democrat. They're, They're very few and far between, really remote, like a needle in a haystack. But on the Republican side, they have pledged to the pro-life cause, and these justices have. Now, I know that—so uh, uh, your organization actually endorses uh, in the races. Have you endorsed in the uh, judge, uh,
2: Supreme Court races? We have, and we have a political action committee, a federally filed uh, political action committee, and we and the PAC has endorsed Justice Kennedy, Justice DeWine, and Justice Fisher, uh, based on their responses to our survey, number one, but more importantly— They had those three justices were on the Ohio Supreme Court a few years ago. We had two abortion-related cases before them, and they ruled in the pro-life favor. So not only do we have their answers to responses, but we have a record that we can look at. Not only always do you get record voting records, I guess not voting records, but decisions from uh, judges or justices in Ohio on these issues. And yet we do for Fisher, DeWine, and Kennedy. And all three of them ruled in favor of the pro-life movement on two matters within the past four years. Um, And um, I can tell you, I know them personally, and my wife and I, and everyone that we know are voting for Kennedy, Fisher, and DeWine.
1: This is so important, folks, that you understand where these people stand on the life issue, because the heartbeat law will make its way to the Ohio Supreme Court. And if just one of those seats Uh, is given to one of the Democrats that's pro-choice or pro-abortion. You could basically say goodbye to Ohio's heartbeat law because it will go down. So that's how critical this uh, election is for the Ohio Supreme Court. And I know, Mike, you know, for you and I and listeners who have been in this fight for a long time, it's so hard for us to wrap our heads around that it's state courts that are going to be making decisions, important decisions on abortion for decades, that was not the case. It was always in federal court because of Roe back in 1973. So any challenge of that had to make its way through incrementally. Uh, it uh, causes and, and petitions had to make their way through the federal courts. And, and in fact, if you tried to file at a, at a um, local court, they would refer you to the federal courts because they said it's not our jurisdiction because of Roe is, is precedent and that type of thing. So, you know, it's just, it's a new day. It's a glorious day with the decision of Dobbs, but it's also a day that we better get to work because we have a lot of work to do here in Ohio, and I think people are starting to wake up to that fact. And I know that folks have been through a long struggle in the pro-life movement to get to this place of the fall of Roe v. Wade, but what it has done is opened up a whole new arena in which we have to be engaged, one, with women who are going to need help, and, and making that decision for life. And they're in, so the crisis pregnancy centers are up to speed and ramping up to help women and, and actually uh, helping build families because sometimes it's a couple that is not knowing what to do. And I hear some great testimonies coming out of these crisis pregnancy centers around the state and that a family is born. And so it's a wonderful thing. And so Christians, uh, pro lifers are going to have to step up and get engaged with these people who are facing. Uh, these challenges in their life, when they normally would have gone for an abortion, it had been a terrible mistake and haunted them the rest of their lives, are going to have an opportunity for life. And we're providing that through the law, through legislation that will protect the unborn and cause, uh, really safeguard many people from harm of what abortion actually does. So, we're talking with Mike Gonadakis. He is the president of Ohio Right to Life. Mike, there's a great uh, pro life cause coming up here on October 5th at the State House. It's March for Life, which people normally see in Washington, D.C., uh, is now coming to the states. And there's going to be one in Columbus on October 5th. That's a Wednesday. Uh, it'll be in the morning and early afternoon. Tell us a little bit about March for Life in Ohio October 5th.
2: We're super excited, Chris. Thanks for the opportunity to share this with all your listeners. You know, as you said, on Wednesday, October fifth, here in Columbus, in our state's capital, on the on the grounds of our state's capital, facing High Street, we are going to have a uniquely large rally for life with Buckeyes from all four corners of our state here to advocate that we are no longer the silent majority. We are Ohio, and we vote. And we this will be about 30 days out from the election, and we're going to proudly display and we're um, our belief system and our values there on the Life Matter and Other Matters. It starts at 10 a.m., Chris. We're going to have a, a worship band at 10 a.m. at the Statehouse on the steps outside. At 11, the rally will begin, and we're going to have some great speakers lined up from different organizations. And Alveda King will be our keynote speaker. She will be there as well. We're oh, that's wonderful. Have...
1: I love it. Yeah, she was at a, a banquet in Ashland at the Crisis Pregnancy Center there the, earlier this year with Melanie Miller and Matt Miller, and that was a wonderful event. What a great testimony that she has. She's a wonderful Testimony for life. That's so, so excited to hear that she'll be a keynote.
2: She will be the keynote for us. We're excited, and the March begins at noon, and we're going to walk the streets of downtown Columbus in front of our Capitol for all to see our, our strength and numbers, and uh, we'd love to see every person there, of course, but some people have to work. They have family and other obligations, And um, but we are going to have a tremendous turnout, and we're excited. This is the first one we've done. We've partnered with a lot of great groups out there, too, so it's exciting. We're going to have a banquet that night. We'd be in Ohio right to life, so it's an opportunity to celebrate life. Um, and do it very publicly, on display on the steps of our state's capital. We'll have a lot of elected officials from the state house. You know, we've invited uh, the attorney general, the governor, and so many others too. So we'll look forward to seeing the lineup there. But it's going to be an awesome celebration. We'll still go to D.C. in January, but we'll have a little bit better weather here in October for us to march in the great uh, Buckeye State. For that's for sure. But we're super excited for it, and we hope all your listeners can attend. Come on down to Columbus. It starts at 10 a.m. The rallies at 11, and as I said, the uh, actual march begins at noon. So it's going to be a great day for Ohio for all to see, and we believe the media will cover us. You know, I've reached out to all the statewide newspapers and television channels and challenged them to be there, and I believe most of them will be. Um, they attend all the others for the pro-abortion side, so uh, we believe we'll have a great turnout. So all, all are welcome. There's no fee. It's free. It's free. You, know, you just got to get there. Got to get to Columbus. Maybe grab your church group and caravan down, and uh, come on down and join us.
1: That is October the 5th at 10 a.m. for a worship service, and then to be followed by a rally, and then a March for Life in downtown Columbus. It's March for Life Ohio, folks, and this is our opportunity. That is a Wednesday. Make plans to attend. The Ohio Christian Alliance will participate. We'll be encouraging our folks to come from all across the state, this is a time to rally for life. It will be in advance of the November 8th election, of course. And it's so important that we show our support for life and for the unborn. This is a time to do it. The political left has basically been jeering at us, and they've been poking us, and they have the Columbus Dispatch to basically send out their message, folks. And yes, so we, we must lift up this banner for life. And the only way to do that is to gather in numbers. And so, Mike, I'm I'm praying that we have thousands that show up on October the 5th down there in Columbus. People need to come out now more than ever. We fought all these years, 49 years, against Roe v. Wade. It fell this year. We need to celebrate in Ohio. We need to celebrate the cause for life. And even now, as the debate is raging uh, about the heartbeat law, we need to... Uh, show solidarity among the life groups. I'm so glad to see the uh, collection of those from all around the state that are joining to help in this March for Life. So uh, it's going to be a great time, folks. And, in fact, at our website and also at Ohio Right to Life, you will see uh, information about the March for Life again on October 5th. Well, Mike, let's talk about, you know, how this is going to play out with this judge in Cincinnati. Now, I know that the attorney... The attorney general is pretty quiet on this, and rightly so, because he's basically the lead attorney for our side, representing the state of Ohio. As the legislature passed the heartbeat law, Governor DeWine signed it into law. State Attorney General Dave Yost is our lead attorney. And so, um, actually, he's deferred not to come on the program at this time because they're planning their legal strategy to support Ohio's heartbeat law. So this judge, as you said today that he has extended this stay, and and by law, as a common pleas judge, he can only do that once. So he had a 14-day stay. He can extend it once. Then he either he has to make a decision on the case or put an injunction. So walk us through what happens at that point if the state attorney general then challenges the injunction or appeals it.
2: How does that work? Sure. So I, I, it's very important for all your listeners to know, and I'm not fear-mongering, I'm being very, very honest, that this judge could rule that There is a constitutional right to an abortion in the Ohio Constitution, and therefore, every law we have on the books in Ohio, from parental consent to 24-hour waiting period from our late-term ban and our heartbeat law, everything is null and void. So we could have a moment in time where Ohio is no different than New York. Or California, which had which their laws in both of those states have abortion on demand up to and through the ninth of the pregnancy, no limits, no restriction. That could happen by this local judge with his ruling. Um, of course, Davios will appeal it vigorously, but it's ultimately going to have to get to the Ohio Supreme Court. So that's what's at stake here. This is, um, you know, this isn't just an administrative hearing that we have at the local level. This will impact the entire state of Ohio, and we will have to be ready for whatever comes down the pike. Because if this judge rules that there is a state constitutional right to unfettered access to an abortion, all of our laws would go away. All of them would here in Ohio. So,
1: Mike, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as a layman in the law. How can a common pleas judge make a decision outside of his uh, jurisdiction of Hamilton County that affects the entire state? How is that happening?
2: Well, uh, there are court cases that say a common police judge's decision only applies to the county for which he resides in. Others would say that any other uh, county similarly situated. And let's keep in mind, Chris, all the abortion clinics in Ohio are not located in red counties. They're in, you know, Cuyahoga County, Cleveland. There's one in Summit County, Akron area, where you're at, up in there. Franklin County, where I am here, it's Columbus, Hamilton County, Cincinnati, and then Montgomery County, Dayton. There's only, and then one more, Lucas County, Toledo. So there's, what, five counties out of 88 in Ohio that to have actual surgical abortion clinics. And with this judge's ruling, a common police judge in those four other counties can adopt that same ruling for that county. doesn't matter what the other 83 judges, uh, common police judges do in other counties, so we could have a patchwork.
1: Well, Mike, I didn't know that it, was, it would extend beyond the heartbeat law, possibly, if he was to make this decision. This is... Uh... Justice Jenkins down there in Hamilton County, if he was to make a decision saying that it's a constitutional right in the state constitution by his interpretation, by his uh, judgment, um, how would that affect then the 20-week ban and all the other pieces of legislation that we've accomplished and, and passed over the last number of years? How would it affect those pieces of legislation?
2: Well, you know, the the just we don't know, we don't know yet, so we have to read the judge's opinion that ultimately come down. But he could rule uh, and and make wide, you know, very uh, wide sweeping claims that the Constitution says X, and therefore everything is null and void. And everything, Chris, from the pro-life perspective, that is. Um, of course, we would appeal it immediately. We, being Dave Yost, um, would immediately. But the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals here in Ohio, because we have Court of Appeals in Ohio, too, um, and that those judges there are not favorable, which which demonstrates how important it is that we're not only... We don't only vote for the governor and you know United States Senate, but the judges, our local judges. We have to vote for the good pro life judges. Yes. We have to vote for Kennedy, uh, DeWine, and um, Fisher. We just have to do it. Um, and, and because th- these judges would impact our ability to save lives. So it could, I mean, that is worst case scenario, but it could happen. You know, look in Kansas, a state that's got tremendous number of great social conservatives like we do in Ohio. The Kansas, state supreme court mysteriously found a a constitutional right to an abortion there and that's what the law of the land is now and it circumvents the legislature and the governor so the only way now the great pro-life kansas can uh, reverse that is to go to ballot and and, you know identify millions of dollars to get on the ballot you know christy things are expensive yes they are signatures you have to run a campaign you have to get on tv radio and so on and so forth so um what we have is uh, judicial activism, not just at the federal level but at the state and local level too. Um, so that's what' that's what's at stake here.
1: Mike, thank you for this update. This is so important, and we're breaking news here uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen and and Mike, thank you for sharing this of how serious this all is right now. and prayers for our state attorney general uh, pray prayers for uh, this situation with the the heartbeat law in Ohio and the cause for life. And folks, pray and vote. Get out on November 8th. And if you're not registered to vote, or if you've changed addresses since the last time you voted, and you're really not sure, you can register to vote on our website. We're going to give you links to the Secretary of State where you can register to vote online. And so you can visit the Ohio Christian Alliance website for that. Uh, the deadline is October uh, 11th uh, for voter registration. And we are conducting Citizenship Sundays in our churches now through October 9th. So if you want to do a voter registration effort at your church, encouraging people at your church to uh, vote, you can uh, download the information on our website. It includes the voter registration form, application for absentee ballot, and all the information you'll need to conduct a successful voter registration effort at your church. So there's still time ask the pastors, print out the forms, and say, hey, can I set up a card table out there, make an announcement, and I'll register folks to vote. And I'm sure enough, he'll say yes. So folks, listen, Uh, be in prayer. And Mike, thank you so much for all the great work you do with Ohio Right to Life. We'll be there on October 5th for the March for Life. Give us the
2: details of that again real quick. Yeah, Wednesday, October 5th. We'll start at 10 a.m. We'll have an amazing celebration. We'll have prayer. We'll have a rally for life. We will be come together as one and with one loud voice proclaim uh, that Ohio is a pro-life state.
1: Thank you so much for being my uh, guest today, my friend. God bless you and all the work you do. God bless you, Chris. Thank you for all you do. Thank you so much. Well, stay tuned. On the other side, we're going to hear from attorney Josh Brown, who did file an amicus brief when this uh, heartbeat law was before the state Supreme Court, before it was, was, was withdrawn. Uh, so listen to that. We had that last week. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening.
3: In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home.
5: My community means everything to me. It helped shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here.
3: Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast.
0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to share with you some very vital information about Ohio's heartbeat bill that became law uh, this June with the Dobbs decision in Washington, D.C., uh, there was a court that actually held it an injunction on it, and State Attorney General Dave Yost filed for the removal of that injunction, which the court granted, putting the heartbeat bill into effect, basically legislation in Ohio, that when a heartbeat is detected, abortion could not proceed. It absolutely has saved lives all across Ohio these last almost four months since it's been Implemented into law, but it is at risk even as we speak. And there may be news tomorrow out of Cincinnati, Ohio, out of Hamilton County, as a common pleas judge is poised to make a decision on the heartbeat bill. We're going to talk about this with attorney Josh Brown from Columbus. Uh, Josh has worked with the Ohio Christian Alliance and other conservative organizations in Ohio, he is a constitutional attorney. We're going to talk about the case they had before the state Supreme Court and uh, they actually have asked for its dismissal because it is a strategy move of what the court another court is about to do tomorrow and so you really need to take uh, notice and listen carefully to this program uh, so Josh uh, tell us about the dismissal of the case at the state Supreme Court so walk us through a little bit how Ohio's heartbeat law, a bill became law uh, with the Dobbs decision, and then what uh, Planned Parenthood and other abortion uh, activists did to try to stymie the heartbeat bill, and then uh, we'll bring everybody
6: up to speed as to what's happening right now. Josh Brown. All right. Thanks, Chris, and uh, good day to you. Um, So it all started uh, with... um, Roe v. Wade, 1972, which you know cre- uh, created this idea that there's a uh, constitutional right to abortion. and that opinion, weighed the interest of the state in protecting a child against the interest of alleged interest in the constitution of privacy. And then in 1992, in the Casey decision, the court scaled that back uh, significantly and found that the state has an interest in protecting the life of the child, and that. Uh, there was no fundamental right to the privacy, but um, the court was going to um, <clears throat> set the uh, this period within gestation that they call a viability as the point at which uh, uh, the privacy interest was strong. So the heartbeat bill basically said that the state has an interest in protecting the life of of a child when a heartbeat is detectable. So, uh, I testified on behalf of the Al-Christian Alliance uh, that that was a good standard. We called it the life standard. It's based on the idea that there are signs of life and that that is a good metric on which to determine uh, where the state has an interest in protecting the life of a child. So. The Dobbs decision came out earlier this year, and in the Dobbs decision, the court uh, decided that <clears throat> the state's interest, it can be at any time, and uh, didn't say necessarily that there was no right to privacy, but it basically said that a uh, regulation of this is a, is a state decision, which is exactly what pro-life activists have been asking for, was um, because they There clearly is no explicit right to this in the Constitution, and uh, they used a methodology to find or create a right in the Constitution called substantive due process. Substantive due process means that if there's a fundamental right to something that's found in traditions of the country, then you can... uh, the court can then rule that there's something that's protectable there as a fundamental right. That's called substantive due process. So after the Dobbs decision, the court rejected the idea that there is a substantive due process right, a fundamental right, or anything rooted in America's traditions and histories. Um, and there clearly isn't. Uh, almost all of the states in the United States have uh, deemed abortion to be a crime throughout the entire 19th century. In fact, uh, a lot of those laws were knocked off the books in 1972, So, and Ohio is included among them. It was a crime to uh, engage in an abortion in the 19th century, and that was affirmed by the Ohio General Assembly at least twice, and they passed multiple laws about five times in the 19th century that affirmed that over and over again. So that brings us to after the Dobbs decision where the Supreme Court of the United States said that it's a state issue, the Planned Parenthood in an abortion clinic in Ohio called Preterm Cleveland, they went to the Ohio Supreme Court and said, we think that you should find a right to an abortion for the same reason the U.S. Supreme Court found a right to abortion in Roe versus Wade and the 1992 Casey opinion. So uh, the Attorney General, of course, was acting on behalf of the state, and they argued against it. I represented uh, one an organization called One Nation Under God, and we wrote a brief, which is supposed to be a persuasive brief, called an amicus brief, which is a Latin for a friend of the court brief. And so we attempted to persuade the justices of the Ohio Supreme Court not to find a right to an abortion in the Ohio Constitution under the same logic that the United States Court, uh, the United States Supreme Court, had just said was uh, not a, a good ruling. So uh, the abortion clinic and Planned Parenthood, they, for some reason, uh, decided to dismiss the case before it was decided on. And they said in their dismissal that they were going to file separate litigation in the Ohio Court of Common Pleas. And so my guess is what they're trying to do is probably forum shop and find a Common Pleas judge that would rule in their favor and then try to work that back up towards the Supreme Court. So, and that's where we're at right now. I've heard that they may be filing a case in Hamilton County, but I'm not hundred percent sure where they're gonna file it.
3: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our Republic, our religion and our civilization
4: This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org.
3: In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home.
5: My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here.
3: Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station.
1: We're talking with Attorney Josh Brown. He's a constitutional attorney uh, based in Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. That's right, Josh. I remember when you presented testimony on the heartbeat bill when it was in the Ohio Senate a few years ago. And uh, we had Dr. Kathy Altman, who came in also, who was a former abortionist. And she testified, and it was very compelling testimony. And of course, uh, there was many tries to get the heartbeat bill through both chambers and signed by the governor. And that was the time in which it was successful. Uh, Then-State Senator Christina Rogner was the chief sponsor in the Ohio Senate. It went to the Ohio House for concurrence. It went to Governor DeWine's desk for signage. And then it was enjoined by the courts as the Planned Parenthood and abortion groups uh, filed suit against it. Then comes the Dobbs decision striking down Roe v. Wade after 49 years of the abortion holocaust in our country. And thank you for that uh, revision on history in the courts as to how the court has um, interpreted uh, the letter of the law or the interpretation of abortion, whether it's a right or not. And then, of course, the courts basically, the court, the U.S. Supreme Court sent it back to the states, and now ensues the battle in the states. So Ohio had the heartbeat bill, and then uh, State Attorney General Dave Yost released it, Uh, with his filing with the court uh, that uh, basically allowed the bill to become law. And I want to give an update to our listeners. It absolutely has saved lives since it's almost four months in existence, the heartbeat bill. In fact, we have a uh, testimony of a report that uh, was given to us yesterday in our office about preterm, the abortion clinic in Cahoga County. Uh, One of the things also people have seen is that Uh, Democratic prosecutors in Caga County, Franklin County, Hamilton County, uh, all blue counties now, uh, basically say, well, we're not going to pursue prosecution. Well, the heartbeat bill is so strict that you can lose your uh, medical license if you perform of abortion in violation of the law. It's not just the clinic itself. So there's lots of uh, penalty and liability of those who uh, would uh, basically flaunt the law and try to go forward to enact abortions in in um, in violation of the heartbeat legislation uh law excuse me and so preterm here 's a witness there was sidewalk counselors on Saturday. One woman uh, said they just sent me out they 're shutting down for the day uh and another uh, and she said, "You know what I really didn't want to do this anyways and she talked to the counselors and they're going to be helping her. Uh with uh keeping her baby a little bit later as they continued to pray and just be available, another woman came out, she was screaming, she was yelling at them and cussing at them and saying, "They can't do my abortion and so literally now it looks like preterm Cleveland is actually following the law. Imagine that, ladies and gentlemen, And so that's the good news. The bad news we have right now, and Josh, I got a source in Columbus that's telling me that this is in court. Uh, common pleas, there's going to be a decision as early as tomorrow uh, by a judge that, as you say, they shopped around, they found a favorable decision, looks like they've got one, and that this judge is probably also going to, uh, excuse me with the terms, you can help me with that, with, whether enjoin it, in other words, uh, uh, put a hold on the implementation of the heartbeat law in that county. If it's a common pleas court, he has jurisdiction over that county. However, It may refer also to other uh, counties that may have uh, joined that case, and so that would be uh, we can imagine it would probably be Franklin County or Caga County. So folks, there may be some big news tomorrow that may not be good news for the heartbeat led law in Ohio, with uh, the, the battles begin in the courts, and so it's all about the state supreme court. And let's talk about that. So, as you say, Josh, the state attorney general. Filed to defend Ohio's heartbeat law. Uh, the pro-aborts filed at the state Supreme Court. Many believe that they did the wrong type of filing, that they didn't really have jurisdiction at that point to file at that time, and that they've now filed this dismissal. It's a strategic move to get a favorable decision at a common pleas court, uh, it looks like at Hamilton County down there in the Cincinnati area. And so, Uh, they'll probably be back at the state Supreme Court. And folks, that's why this election with the state Supreme Court, and by the way, you now will for the first time know who the Democrats are and who the Republicans are running for the Ohio Supreme Court. And we're just one seat away from giving it a Democratic majority. And I don't need to tell you what that means. That means that they will strike down Ohio's heartbeat law, and we can't allow that to happen. So. The three Republicans running are Justice Fisher, Justice DeWine, and Justice Kennedy. Uh, information like this is going to be on our website. We don't endorse the candidates, but you know we can if we want to. Be honest with you. was. me. Well, you just said, this. <laughs> listen, I can if I want to. We can if we want to. The law does not prohibit us. What I'm telling you is these are the Republicans that are running, that are pro-life. Justice Kennedy, Justice DeWine, and Justice Fisher And also that information will be in the voter guide, at least so that you know who the Democrats are, who the Republicans are. And we're going to have, of course, the voter guide from the U.S. Senate race, congressional races in Ohio House and Ohio Senate, as this is an important midterm election is an understatement to say. Would you agree, Josh? It's an understatement, right? This is really for all the marvels. I mean, think about what's happening Mm -hmm. nationally and all that. So let's go back to this uh, Let's go back to this thing about the common pleas court, because this is going to start playing out across the country. The, the court sent it back to the states, and now these folks, and for the first time, these kinds of judges are going to find, you know, in the past, it's like, well, we can't hear that case. Roe decided that. You have to go to federal court. You know, we're a local court. You can't really, you know, that's not the place to file this. Now, it's just the opposite. Now, these common pleas uh, courts, and these judges are going to hear these kinds of cases. Explain.
6: There's a procedural problem with their filing with the House Supreme Court, and I think everybody noticed it right off the bat. They filed it as what they call a mandamus action. My suspicion is, even though technically there is a Republican majority in the House Supreme Court... It operates or functions as a Democrat majority because the Chief Justice votes with the Democrats. And I think that the uh, Planned Parenthood and in the, in the abortion clinics felt that their best chance of getting a favorable ruling would be to try to get a ruling by the end of this year because Chief Justice is going to be retired at the end of this year and our three Republican candidates are doing very well, and there's a good chance they're going to be elected and then we'll have a true Republican majority on the court. So I think that's why they took the procedural risk to go ahead and file a mandamus action because they can go straight to the House Supreme Court with a mandamus action. There's all kinds of procedural problems with, with doing it that way, and the Attorney General pointed that out in his briefs. So I think that behind the scenes there must have been either some indication that they weren't going to get a decision by the end of the year, or that they may not get a favorable decision by the end of the year. So they withdrew, and we'll just have to live with the Supreme Court. They get once this gets to the Supreme Court, they will file that comment please, and there is already a common police judge that has issued a complete garbage ruling, uh, for what they wanted. And they cited that ruling as much as they could in their original brief at the house Supreme court. Uh, it's just a complete, uh, nonsensical, uh, just total overstepping of this common police judge. I'm guessing they're trying to get that same judge again. Um, <clears throat> so, um, nonetheless, um, Their goal is to try to get a favorable ruling account, please, and then hope for the best as they work their way up through the appellate court and then to the Ohio Supreme Court. We're talking with Josh Brown. He's a constitutional
1: attorney based in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, He actually originally testified on the heartbeat law uh, when it was before the legislature. He has now filed an amicus brief in support of it at the Ohio Supreme Court. The uh, preterm Cleveland and Planned Parenthood have withdrawn their case, uh, filed a motion for dismissal because they are seeking another strategic move in a common pleas court. Uh, So we should hear, according to a source in Columbus, and this is breaking news right here on News and Focus, is that there will be a decision this week that will probably go against the heartbeat law. And uh, what ramifications that may have, it may, in that county, uh, put an injunction on the heartbeat law. It may also include other counties if those counties have um, enjoined the case. And so uh, stay tuned. This is going to be news this week uh, because they want, uh, they're want they in a hurry-up offense here, and uh, they're going to expedite all this. So uh, this is the battle that we're in right now, the battle for life. So the heartbeat law is actually saving lives. Those are just a few of the testimonies as I'm telling you that uh, these abortion clinics are all but shutting down in Ohio. Repeat that. All but shutting down, not able to perform their operations as they were and it is saving lives. That's so the heartbeat law in Ohio is saving lives and folks need to be praying about this and we need to be vigilant. If you thought the battle was over, it's not. The battle is in the states and in Ohio. And that's why electing representatives that are pro-life is so important. You know, Josh, I talked with um, J.D. Vance, who's running for U.S. Senate, and he is absolutely pro-life. He said, I fully support Ohio's heartbeat law, and uh, I am for life. I have a family. Uh, It means a lot to me. I'm a man of faith. I've renewed my Christian faith in the last few years, and he talked about that. Uh, But uh, he also has a strong position on marriage between a man and a woman, Uh, said he would not vote for um, 8404, which the Democrats pushed through Congress last month, which would codify homosexual marriage into law, same-sex marriage into law, in violation of our moral standards, and would be a, a real problem for religious entities across the country if that was to become law by Congress, but it passed the House. It is stuck in the Senate. They may not have, and prayerfully do not have, the votes in the U.S. Senate before the term is out. Uh, But folks, all this to say, this is a great and important election. You need to pay attention. And so no one's sitting on the sidelines this time. And so there's so much at stake in our own civil liberties as well. So, uh, you know, Josh, thank you for what you're doing Uh, in the courts, you know, filing the case as a conservative attorney, uh, defending the cause for life. So um, in the event that this common pleas court does uh, basically uh, go against the heartbeat law, put some type of injunction on it for that county, how do you see that playing out at the uh, the Ohio Supreme Court again? Because the next filing would be uh, an appeal to the Ohio Supreme Court. And according, uh, you know, the Ohio Attorney General may not immediately file uh, because the law would still be in effect through most of the state, and there would not be a rush to appeal that until after the
6: election. Your thoughts on that? It depends on a lot of different things and how they file it. So if they want to create the best case they can, you want to have some sort of a lawsuit with a fact pattern and parties that you can represent in the case, <clears throat> if they're just trying to get a mandamus again or um, just trying to attack, attack the law more broadly, then I think it will probably move through the system a little faster. Nonetheless, if they were to, at the complete level, try to issue some sort of statewide injunction on enforcement of a of a bill, uh, I think that uh, it would probably get an con- interlocutory appeal meaning that the uh, appellate court would be able to review it immediately and uh, perhaps uh, overrule that injunction. So this is a battle
1: that we're going to now obviously be involved with as pro-lifers. How should people at this point, uh, what should they be looking forward and
6: how should they be praying right now? Well, we need the uh, judges
5: to, I mean,
6: the, the big problem in Ohio is uh, we need to pay more attention to judges, especially in the uh, metropolitan urban counties. Right now, that is an enormous problem um, across the state. You know, the Fraternal Order of Police has complained loudly about it. Uh, prosecutors have complained loudly about it. Um, there's all kinds of problems that people have pointed to in terms of crime and, and uh, people <clears throat> getting uh, out on low bail. And one of the also the problems that you'll see is activist decisions. And I think that uh, the big thing you actually need to do is start paying more attention to judges in the world in the uh, urban areas, and start contributing to the good ones. And start doing things to keep the, the bad ones from getting elected.
1: Oh, that's an excellent point. And to mm-hmm. be in prayer as always. My guest today has been Josh Brown, attorney, constitutional attorney from Columbus, Ohio. Josh, thank you so much for joining me today and helping us to better understand what's happening with the heartbeat law and and the legal challenges. Thank you.
0: You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.